This episode of Harmonious Gentlemen is brought to you by Blind Man Brewing, makers of craft beer in central Alberta. Say hi to Hans. He's on the cover of AMA Magazine. Harmonious Gentlemen. Well, if podcast episode numbers were the number of days contestants competed on the reality show Survivor, you would know that this has to be episode 39. Of the Harmonious Gentleman. Really? Every every season? It's 39 days? I guess, yeah. And have there been 39 seasons of that show? Uh, no, but like 27 or something. Yeah. We're getting close. That's that show that people still watch. Um, <laughs> Apparently. That I don't know those people. Do you watch it? No. Okay. I watched one season, like maybe season 14 or something. That was yeah. a classic. <laughs> it was a real good one. <laughs> it had Boston Rob on it. Hmm. Well, I'm Graham. I'm Tyler. I'm Chris. I'm Kathy. Oh, a guest. Hi, Kathy. Hi. <laughs> Thanks for having me. We're new at having guests. Yeah. We, we're not really sure how, how to do this, but we're happy to have you. We're out here on Chris's porch this yeah. time instead yeah. of Lacomer and Red Deer. Yeah. Less angry dogs, but also less warmth by the fire. So <laughs> It's way <laughs> it's, colder here. It is. <laughs> But one thing we want to do this year more is have guests more often. That's one of our challenges uh, that we gave ourselves. And so, Kathy, we're really happy to have you. I'm really honored to be here. Thanks for having me. Like, genuinely. I'm genuinely honored. (laughs) Like, off mic, I'm smiling. Like, it's true. (laughs) On mic? Okay. Yeah. We don't really have a whole lot to say besides that we're excited about the topic, I think. Um, But, Kathy, tell us a bit about yourself. How do you know us? Why, Why are you on the podcast? Oh, well, I have the uh, pleasure of working with all three of you at Gateway. I am a high school teacher there for a few years, teaching social studies and English. So that's how I've gotten to know you guys, hunkered down in our little corner in the high school suite at Gateway. I know uh, when, Kathy, when you started at the school, usually when there's like a new rookie teacher, they're (laughs) asking everyone for help and... But I think pretty much immediately we were all asking you uh, for advice and help. Because That's you not true. were 100% natural. It was. Yeah. I yeah. wouldn't have survived for sure without Tyler my first couple of no. years. That's for sure. It's like handing me lessons oh. left, right, and center. So that no. was awesome. And you used them. Well, uh, I used them once. <laughs> <laughs> Got her through one day, and then next year she could do something good. So should we head straight into recommendations? Yeah, let's just jump right in. We've yeah. we've think, got the welcome out of the way. Yeah. yeah. And I think our conversation could go deep into the the night. Well, oh. you guys may not be listening in the night, but right. I don't want to be up till 2:30. So let's get this thing moving. Okay. Yeah. Graham, that was such a beautiful jingle. Are those new? Thank you. Um, thanks for noticing. Uh, some of them are new. Yeah. Nice. I've been having a lot more fun recording lately. Coming up later, a new confession song. We're going to unveil it. Yeah. So hope you enjoy that. Cool. And uh, yeah, I'll sprinkle some in. Yeah. yeah. It really set the tone for what we're about to do. Mm-hmm. Um, recommend some things. <laughs> and yeah. I'm going to recommend a show. And I have to preface this. With, I've only seen one episode. But the first episode was 90 minutes long. 
The show is Yellowstone, hmm. and it's on Prime. I think it's been around for a while. It looked like it was 2018, but I just caught wind of it from loyal listener Jason. He mentioned it to me, so I checked it out, and so far, so good. Um, another kind of bonus recommendation would be, well, I don't know if I call this a recommendation, but the, the jackets worn by the main character. Like that, I like those jackets a lot. I would like to. Is have. it like a denim jacket with like the fleece? No, but it's got the... like the the shoulder patches that kind of come down to a point. It's it's like rancher style. Okay. Um, jackets. Yeah. But anyways, Yellowstone. Yellowstone seems and rancher so jackets. Yeah, it's about a very wealthy ranch owner in Montana, and he's kind of battling. Uh, some other wealthy people trying to build on his land and First Nations people fighting for their hmm. their rights on that land as well. And Somebody told me it's like Dallas mixed with Sons of Anarchy. Haven't seen either Definitely of those. Definitely so on the Sons confirm. of Anarchy side of things. Really? Yeah, it's pretty dark. Oh. Yeah. Krista did tell me that I'm free to go on my own. <laughs> Don't you? So. <laughs> I get that once in a while too. Yeah, it's great. But if you want to watch a few ahead, go for it. <laughs> Is it an Amazon original? I don't think so no. because it's it's. I think it just got put on there, but it's been around for a while. Cool. Uh, Kathy, do you have a recommendation for us? I do. I actually have two, if that's okay, but they kind of go together. So the first is is being stuck on quarantine. Um, you know, I, I don't know if you noticed, but popcorn was pretty hard to get, hmm. and um, so uh, and we are big popcorn eaters. So I bought off Amazon this. A microwave popcorn bowl instead of using microwave popcorn because it's all got lots of yucky stuff in it. It's called Pretty Smart Popcorn Bowl. It's a silicone popcorn bowl, and you can pop popcorn in the microwave. What? And it is the best. This ever. is a genius it's, invention. Yeah, it's like air pop popcorn, and it's really, really good. Like it, I've bought it for everybody. I'm almost like cool. gonna get stock in it because it's like wow. so great. So, and then to go with your popcorn though is you have to buy Imperial Stout with coffee um, from Blind Man Brewery. It is the best beer, and mm-hmm. it's just got such great depth of flavor to balance out with the salty popcorn. So you got to get you the know, two together. Did you know that Blind Man Brewing like sponsors our podcast? What a I coincidence. did not know that before wow. I decided Amazing. to make this recommendation. So, Well, that's crazy. They are really good. They've been a very steadfast, reliable uh, sponsor for the show. Mm-hmm. We wouldn't be here without them. I don't think any of us. That's true. Yeah. Well, that's, and they, you know, we um, purchased some online from them and it delivered right to our door, too. Oh. We didn't even have to go there. That was pretty cool. I'll put a blind man jingle right here. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> they know what they're doing. Nice. Thanks, Kathy. Nice that popcorn thing sounds awesome. Um, my recommendation uh, when I'm playing with the kids, I try to find some days are kind of long when I'm home with the kids. And so music is really nice. I can throw some on. Sometimes it'll catch their attention. I can sort of sneak away for a coffee or a little break. And I found an album, didn't find an album, I've known about this for a long time, but uh, the band is called Novo Amor. Um, it's really like ethereal, kind of really relaxed music, um, kind of falsetto singing. Anyway, it's amazing, and the, I, it, the, it caught the kids' ears, you could just tell right away. And they sort of lulled into this sort of lullaby state, and I went and had a coffee in the back of the house there, and it was lovely. So, it worked for me, if that's your issue. Novo Amor, I'd recommend it to go with... Maybe uh, a beer yeah. from Blind Man, um, or sitting on your porch watching the snow melt, mm-hmm. or watching Yellowstone. You could combine all these things. You really could. Maybe not the music and the TV show. I didn't no. think about that. But. No, but any other albums are good. Just Novo Amor, 
just check it out, and I, I think most of you will probably enjoy if you haven't heard them already. Yeah, I have, and I will. Now that I'm reminded, I'll go back to them. Uh, my recommendation is a book by we've uh, people on this podcast have recommended Richard Rohr before. This is a book of his called Falling Upward, A Spirituality for the Two Halves of Life. This is a book that I haven't read, but it was recommended to me uh, by my sister-in-law, Petra, which was slightly offensive because she's assuming I'm in the second half of my life. <laughs> but uh, what's cool about it is it's written for, um, yeah, I think one of the taglines is it explains why the second half of life can and should be full of spiritual richness. So I've ordered it. It hasn't come yet. I'll let you know how it goes. And I also wanted to give a disclaimer to last episode's recommendation I made, which was a television program from Netflix called Tribes of Europa. And I had watched three at the time. (laughs) And in the fourth one, it gets to a place where I paused it because I was watching it with some family members and I was pretty surprised at the sexual content, which according to something I'd read said it had none. But it was pretty graphic and surprising when it came on. So... I want to take back that recommendation. <laughs> and if anybody's well, seen it, it's too you can late for say, me, Chris. Oh man, I'm sorry. I've seen things. So my okay. apologies. I love the taking back of a recommendation. That's great. It's a whole new layer to this. Mm-hmm. Hey, if you don't listen to the new episode, you're going to miss out. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, we got things to do. So reading. Yeah, lots to do. Watching, listening, drinking, popping, eating. Yeah, it's perfect. So far. Kathy, you've been a great guest. We, we could end this right now. Okay. Awesome. See ya. Do you, do you want to? <laughs> so far, so good. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> okay. Let's hit, uh, let's hit a jingle. Yeah. Jingle it up. Okay. So... My daughter, Mackenzie, who is currently at the U of A um, doing her master's in the impact of climate change on public health, we were driving in, um, in our vehicle to Calgary, having a conversation about the climate change, quote unquote, debate. And the, um, we, were, we kind of got into a bit of an argument because she is pretty passionate about um, stopping giving people who are anti-climate change a voice, a platform in news, uh, in social media, because that kind of um, perpetuates a conversation that denies the fact that climate change actually exists. So she's pretty frustrated and does and feels that we should just stop giving equal voice to that side of the argument, right. because um, it's just then people who support the fact that climate change is supposedly a conspiracy just say, well, I saw on the news that this one person said this, and it just continues the conversation when it's fact that climate change exists, and we should just accept that it exists and stop debating about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I struggled with that because there's people that I know who aren't really convinced that climate change is as big a problem as it is, and um, I think that we need to have meaningful conversations even when we disagree in order to kind of work through these issues and avoid pe- the polarization of people into different camps. Right. Mm-hmm. I wonder if, because sh- was she specifically talking about sort of <clears throat> like the media in, in particular, news? Yes, yeah. In, in their attempts to remain unbiased, I suppose. Yes. Might be the way they're doing it. 
um, they don't want to seem like they're biased. Right. But she would say, when it comes to fact and truth, there's no bias. Right. Like that's there is truth. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I think the, the sometimes the way it's presented on the news is, well, here's one side right. and then here's the other side mm. and then it's left and there isn't really any um, conversation or we get polarized into our camps mm -hmm. and then, you mm -hmm. know, where there's no convincing, there's no persuasion, there's no meeting in the, well, and on, maybe on climate change there isn't a meeting in the middle, but on other issues too, we just don't have those conversations anymore. But this tends to be kind of the way it goes, isn't it, with conversations? How do you have them, or or is it even worth having them? Should we have them on, with people we disagree um, on topics that we disagree? I guess so. I think that brings up a really good point and something that we want to maybe flesh out a little bit um, in our conversation. I think that is sort of when we started this podcast. It was a bit of a. Um, a thought that we we can talk about tough things uh, harmoniously in a way that doesn't um, injure relationship, I guess. But is there a point to having those conversations? Does it? Right. I guess you're not. Are, are you always trying to convince somebody in a conversation, or or you're, you're, each of you is trying to convince the other? Yeah, and you become more yeah. embedded in what you believe to begin with. Yeah, is that the point of a conversation? Sometimes, I think back to the the media presenting issues as a debate or even as a two-sided thing I, I agree with Mackenzie how there's or where I see certain things shouldn't be given airtime because it it can be misleading um, like even with we talked about QAnon recently like they're getting more and they're like a fringe group or a group that has a small amount of support but when it's presented as a counterpoint or like another point of view it, it kind of inflates it like to what does q say about this right mm -hmm. like it or there's climate scientists who are saying this but here's the other side and it whether they are intending this or not it makes it seem like it's equal when i don't know if they or maybe they should show both sides but just be really clear on the numbers and I think there's other examples with COVID where I've had conversations where, where people will just say, doctors say that COVID isn't a thing. Mm -hmm. And I believe that they believe that, the person I'm talking to, that they, they have seen that somewhere, that point of view presented, and they think that is equal to the doctors who are saying this is a serious issue. Um, so then they just pick one, the one that they, their bias leads them to. And I think I, that's misleading. I think that's part of it. Where are we getting our information from? And do we have the skill set to be able to evaluate hmm. how we're informing ourselves and what's the quality of information that we're using to inform ourselves when we're having an opinion? So framing it that Mackenzie's in a faculty that is focusing on climate change. And these are scientists. She's spent the last year analyzing data looking at studies from across Canada, like, you know, does that lend itself more value than... But, yeah. Kathy, the Facebook post I read about <laughs> right. that... Well, and that's... That, I, was, I was recently shared... Uh, somebody who is close to me shared me... I think we talked about this before, but some videos, some um, anti-vaccination... Uh, the COVID vaccination is a ploy by Bill Gates to depopulate the world. Like, like in... Like, 
I'm going to sound judgmental, but in my mind, pretty insane stuff that just doesn't make any sense to me. Um, and, I'm, and I remember I, I watched the videos and, the, and they kept saying, like, just do the research. Like, just do your research. I've done the research. And I kept thinking, like, do you know what research, like, it's a yeah. skill. Like, yeah. you, like, researching is a, like, before she can get to that point where she's doing that, she needs to learn how to research yeah. first. Yeah. And then you have to learn how to analyze. There's a whole set of, and I, I think people, and a lot of these issues we've talked about are kind of science. Doctors, um, skeptical of science, or, 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 or what scientists say, or, or university studies, or what, whatever it is. But, yeah, so that term, just do the research, and I think, like, that's easy to say that. But when you mention a Facebook post, it's not a joke. Like that's no, people. I, yeah. No, no, it, I mean, it, it is, is a joke. But, but people but it's, will it's find a blog, true. and it's like that's their research. Well, right. it says doctor next to their name, so that must be legit. Um, I find those conversations th- to be really hard because you're really, what are you supposed to say when their info comes from a place that you find dubious, um, and not sound like you're preachy or you're judgmental or you're. And then so how do we bridge the gap, which is kind of, I think, back to what you said, Tyler, about, okay, are there, are there certain issues where we do want to give both sides? Are there certain issues that the more we talk about this, are people just going to position themselves in their position and um, not be willing to have the conversation? So if we don't model for each other, how do we bridge this gap between the skeptics and the believers? How do we do that? Or which issues do we talk about? Which issues don't we talk about? Like, right. hmm. Yeah, I guess I'd like, it'd be interesting to know, has history always sort of been divided this way where there were always topics that you just didn't bring up because it was too divisive? Or is that a recent thing? I think the the inaccuracy of or the misinformation is out there so much more than yeah. it used to be and yeah. i think that just makes it i think these issues have been around to answer your question but i think it's become a lot harder to discern because it, you, you need to discern quickly it's hmm. you can i could go home and go online and find all kinds of perspectives on climate change with and i have to decide I think the easy thing to do is like pick the one that kind of lines up with what I want. Like if I have a, an anti-science bias and I find a video that says um, COVID is a hoax or um, climate change isn't real, like I will claim that one and say I found, I did my research and I, <laughs> but, or I can say I'm going to spend time and actually engage in conversation. And and I think the the challenge is that it's, we're just overwhelmed with information. And when you see one that matches what you're looking for, it's really tempting just to hold on to that. And not, not only that, but the algorithm itself notices that. Mm-hmm. And now you're going to get more of it anyway, whether you like it or not. And it's going to feed that. Yeah. Not to jump in on you there, but that's... Yeah. We talked about that last time, right? Yeah. Or a few times? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so is it worth having conversations with people? Yeah, I guess that's... I, an, I like that question. We talk a lot about how to have harmonious conversations, but sometimes, should we not? <laughs> should we just leave it? Like, yeah. Can we uh, take a little break and think about it? Yeah, mm. Chris provided these little uh, platters, individual COVID-friendly platters for us. So let's take a little snack. Yeah. <laughs> might take me about 40 minutes to eat this. <laughs> <Yeah>. So <laughs> you can, uh, We'll really be prepared for the next segment.
So over the years, I've consumed a lot of podcasts other than our own. And one of those is The Liturgists. And a little bonus recommendation. It's a good podcast as well. Yeah, it is. I'm, I'm pretty sure what I'm about to say comes from one of their episodes. And they were talking about uh, debate and disagreement and, and bias, which is I think fits in with our conversation here. And the person who was speaking, I believe he was a guest, was talking about how in debates, too often we are trying to convert the other side. Like our, our goal of that conversation is to, by the end, get them onto our team. And some one of you guys already mentioned how that rarely happens. Like usually you become more entrenched in your own side mm-hmm. and you leave that conversation even more upset with the other side. So the part that sticks in my head, and I try to remember this occasionally, is um, when you're talking to someone who you view as, like their view, where you view their perspective as totally bogus or out there, don't go into it thinking I'm going to change that, but ask them how they view you. So quite often I could tell this person with this view, I could say, I view you as a blank, blank, blank. Right. And that's why I don't like your side. But if you ask the other side, how are you viewing me right now? Then you get kind of a glimpse into where, why they're at that side or at that point. And w- would that be like ideologically? Like, yeah, I so think of you as a pacifist if, or if we want to bring it back to, um, climate change, like if I'm talking to you and you're a climate change denier and I'm a, in Mackenzie's, like I'm a scientist who believes strongly in that and climate change, I would say, how are you viewing me right now? And then you would share, because it's face-to-face and it's personal, mm-hmm. um, it puts you in a position where you have to be honest and careful with what you say and, and present, like, well, I view people on your side as this. But now that gives me perspective as to what I'm dealing with. And hopefully they ask the same question, like, yeah. how do you view me? Yeah. And then it creates empathy and Hopefully by the end of the conversation, we're not, the goal isn't to convert. Yeah. It's just, if, uh, maybe let's use like American politics, like Republican and Democrat. My goal isn't to make you into a Democrat, if that's what I am. It's just to make you into a, maybe a better Republican. And my goal is to become a better Democrat. Yeah, I like that a lot. It's not to switch sides. It's just to. Right. And, um. In my grade 11 social class, we're talking about the fact that Canada is a nation of nations, that we have First Nations, the English or the British, and the French were founding nations in Canada. And the original goal was to assimilate all of those into one. Mm. And so many um, so many of those, the people who uh, identify with those other nations have fought against that. And I think that, I personally think that honors our created purpose in this world. God didn't create us all to be the same. We look different. We think different. We love different. And that's diversity that God wanted in this world. So if he wanted us all to be the same, he would have created us all the same, but he didn't. And I think that the call isn't for us to force each other to be the same. The call is to live and celebrate that diversity and honor that diversity and respect that diversity. And I tell students, you know, when you're thinking about an issue, 
And it's so this is where it's like, well, which issue should we do this with and which issue shouldn't we do it with gets a little mm-hmm. bit messier because yeah. it sounds really kind of, you know, let's all hold hands and sing kumbaya and it's all great and wonderful. Let's all just love each other. That's but, how we end the podcast, by the way. Just okay. So you know. yeah. Awesome. Can't wait. <laughs> if I can get, <laughs> I'll get my oh, Chris has the bick out already, so we're gonna <laughs> begin. Um I think that it's it these issues um look a certain way when the other person when the other is someone you love. And I think that's what kind of you're talking about. If you look at that other person with respect and love, then it's a lot easier to navigate these conversations. And that's one thing when we're talking about embracing difference and walking with the other. It's difficult, I think, when a person is being racist or a person is being... um, you know, anti-immigrant in some way. Like then those issues, that's where it gets like, that's where I, I, I have a difficult time navigating how do we live together in you our just, difference. You can't say, it, well, I, you know, that's yeah. you. Yeah, that's, you can have your I respect your that diversity. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Which maybe, yeah, when you were saying that right away, I was, I was thinking of those tougher issues that the heart is the same, but the reality of the conversation is a little bit different. Yeah. If you disagreed strongly with someone who you view as having racist perspectives and views and actions, and you asked, and they knew that you were opposed to that, you like on the other side, and you were to ask them, how do how do you view me? Like, why are you not on my side? I think that would be hmm. quite different from attack, like me just saying I view you as a racist, because that even that that word has become so powerful that that's just going to shut down any conversation. I've now insulted them. Right. Cause they may, they may. Yeah. And I'm not saying I'm trying not, I don't want to defend that perspective, but I want, I'd be curious what they view the other side. Like what's their problem with the other side? But what, what, what if they asked you, what do you like, what do you think of me? Would you say racist? They don't like if they asked you the same question. Yeah. I, I would try not to just jump straight to you're a racist because that's like their whole identity. Um, But I view that side as supporting racist policy or Mm -hmm. um, continuing harmful um, things that we've done in the past and should have learned from. Yeah, I, and I think the are, danger is if we don't engage those people in conversation, they end up in these camps where the only people they talk to are fueling those things that are hateful and bigoted and terrible, and and then they're kind of left out, and that that just worries me for not left out like oh I wish you were included, but like what chance at redemptions do they have? Yeah. Sort of. Um, someone phrased it this way to me. I think what you're saying, Tyler, is calling in versus calling out. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. So are, is it? I guess cool. it gets back to that question of. Do we do that with everything then? Do we invite conversations, no matter what the issue, to try to find um, places of mutual respect or places of understanding, not to convince, but to call in? Uh, This reminds me of, I have a a friend, and we have a mutual friend who was involved in some really terrible things in his marriage, and kind of everybody just disavowed him, disowned him, except this other friend of mine who was still in contact and I asked him like why are you kind of it looks like you're sort of giving him permission to yeah. do this and it, that wasn't it at all it was if I, he needs a friend now more than he ever has and if I cut ties with him then everybody's cut ties with him 
And it just was kind of like, oh, I hadn't thought of it that way. But it was sort of a, yeah, who do you have if, if everybody is in their own camps? It's a really cool film. It's going to sound really cheesy at first, but it's um, the Mr. Rogers movie, Are You My Neighbor? I think, it, have you guys hmm. seen it? I watched. No, it does. There's a documentary. <laughs> there's a documentary, and there's a, like a movie with. This Tom is Hanks. yeah, it's a movie with okay. Tom Hanks. Okay, I saw the documentary. I didn't see that. Oh, it's like it's so good hmm. because um, he's a trained Presbyterian minister, mm-hmm. and he really lives out the calling in versus the calling out. Hmm. And the person who um, it's, I think he's a New York times writer or something that's doing an expose on him or something. And he's like taking that approach. There's gotta be something seedy here. This guy can't be as good as he says he is. And so he's really doing everything he can to try to expose it. And then the subtextual story is, well, this writer Um, has a very fractured relationship with his father who was a severe alcoholic and abandoned him when he was a child after his mother died and so he has a lot of anger and hatred and then he just watching um fred rogers throughout his life befriend him was pretty powerful for him and then what i found so compelling is at the very end he finally uh, fred rogers sits with this writer beside the writer's dad's bedside as he's dying oh wow and you think that there's going to be this big moment mm-hmm. of, you know, the writer um, transforming his life. But Fred Rogers leans into the dad, who's been a horrible father. He's been a, like a, a terrible man. He leans in and he says, I, you have something to teach me about how to live better. Like mm. it's, and it was so powerful about walking alongside people mm. who have lived lives of harm in such a loving way. And I thought, man, if I could get just a, a little bit of that, that would be pretty great. It's hard to do. It's hard to love on those people that are... Yeah, unlovable. Yeah. That was a better way of saying than what was running through my head. <laughs> so it's better to love those people than to cancel them. Mm-mm-mm. So segment <laughs> Is that the jingle? <laughs> <laughs> well, we had talked earlier a little bit about... Um, I want to see that movie really badly now. It's really yeah. good. Recommendation. Um, we had talked about maybe the idea that <clears throat> if there's opinions that we don't agree with that are uh, presented, that right now many believe that there's a problem with our society and our media and our conversations where we are quick to, quote-unquote, cancel um, people or shows or media, whatever. And we should talk about that. Yes, we should. I think yeah. it would be really good. Like right now, or are we going to have... I'm waiting for you to say sounds good. Oh, okay, sounds good. Nice. (laughs) One of the things my daughter likes to listen to on a daily basis is the read-aloud version of um, Green Eggs and Ham off YouTube. She doesn't want me to read it to her. She wants to hear a very Southern American uh, woman uh, read the book to her with the speaker. Hmm. I'm not jealous, but it hurts a little bit every time. <laughs> um, and the other day I saw a headline that there's some Dr. Seuss books that are being, uh, they're going out of print and they're not going to make them anymore. And I was really worried for a moment that Green Eggs and Ham would be gone forever. Of course, I quickly realized it didn't happen. But there were six books that the Dr. Seuss company or publishing company or whatever they're called decided to stop printing and putting on the shelves. 
Um, I don't think it was um, because of any any movement or anyone saying anything. They sort of did it kind of quietly on their own. And um, there are some people who reacted not so favorably to that decision. Um, some Fox News personalities I saw were upset. And like now they're canceling Dr. Seuss. That's kind of the angle, yeah. And so when we mentioned, we've been talking a little bit tonight between segments about cancel culture and what that means, and that is the most topical example of it, and maybe you heard that news, and maybe you also felt like cancel culture has gone too far. So I ask you, Tyler, has cancel culture gone too far when it comes to Dr. Seuss? Well, when I looked at that article, I didn't recognize the books, and I didn't do too much investigating to see what the actual problems were with it, but the whole idea of them saying, okay, we made these books a long time ago, and we see that there's some content here that may offend, we're just going to not publish this anymore. I actually respect that. I think that's, um, I don't have a problem with that. I think maybe there's a cynical part of me that thinks it's like a, a PR move where it's like, well, if someone, the cancel culture Before catches, somebody can call them out. Yeah. You know? Like, yeah. um, someone's looking for a way to take down Dr. Seuss, like, <laughs> we'll, we'll just preemptively edit ourselves. And I, I think maybe that's a good exercise for people in positions of power to do, is self-edit a little yeah. bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so they took a look at their own content and mm-hmm. thought, this may no longer be appropriate, or maybe it never was, but we didn't realize it at the time. Sure. We're not selling it anymore. Chris, do you or Kathy, do you know specifically what some of the issues with the books were? Or, or not really? Because I'm, I'm like Tyler. I didn't really read the details. Um, I, glimpses of it were uh, they definitely had um, n- was negative portrayals of blacks. Hmm. And certainly like probably kind of turn of the century kind of images that you would see um, mimicking, laughing at, poking fun at slavery mm-hmm. um, and... Yeah, I think like stereotypical images of black people. So do you think that the people um, on, who are upset and sort of calling cancel culture and saying, this, you know, they're canceling Dr. Seuss, I wonder, you guys can answer too, like do you think that that, what do you think the angle is? Is the angle that those issues um, aren't, like those things aren't bad? I, I doubt that's what it is. Or is it that those books are still important culturally that we should wrestle with those ideas? Like do you think that's hmm. where the anger comes from or is it more easy just to put a hashtag cancel culture on the, on the issue and move on i th- you can go ahead Chris. well i was just gonna say cynically like tyler said earlier i think probably there's a, a movement of people don't even read the article or the story or realize that it's the dr seuss company or whatever they're called doing it themselves they're probably thinking somebody called out dr seuss of all people and now we're getting rid of that like mm-hmm. that's just my guess i don't yep. I haven't followed this story closely enough, yeah. but I was just going to say I think I think the angry the anger part of it would be that this is restricting our free speech or like our our freedoms in some way. That's that's kind of what I get. Like I think Graham, you were saying um, some other reasons why people might be upset, um, like whether they agree with the perspe- like the stereotypical image. I don't think that's it. No, I, I don't but, either. But and then, but like, yeah. should stereotypical images be allowed to exist? Maybe is is that what you're asking? Well, I guess I, I just I, I I'm just trying to pinpoint where the anger comes from so I can figure out what what the, oh, yeah, the issue sorry, is. I don't know. Well, I think the 
Yeah, I remember. Like you, you also said that could could they be upset? The people who are upset are they upset that now we don't have the opportunity for this conversation? Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's why people are upset. <laughs> yeah. Right. Okay. Well, <laughs> <laughs> like, um, I think that that would probably be the most valid of the arguments against cancel culture would be, well, if we cancel all the things we don't like, does that just get rid of them? Like, does that get rid of those concepts and ideas? And I don't think so. But from, from what I understand, people who are upset with cancel culture are just worried about losing tradition or losing freedom or losing free speech rights and, it's, is it a question of what exactly is being canceled? Is the conversation or people assuming that what's being canceled is free speech? Is that what's being canceled? Mm-hmm. Or is it um, financial opportunity being canceled? And should that cancel occur? Like, I, I wonder if it's just the a lot of people are getting angry at quote unquote cancel culture because they think it's a free speech issue when maybe it really isn't a free yeah. speech issue. Maybe it's you know, you should be facing a consequence for inappropriate behavior. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're canceling, mm-hmm. not conversations about things. Yeah, I, I think it's okay to be sensitive to to um, free speech issues and, and infringing on rights. But, but I, I can't, I guess personally, I can't help but roll my eyes when I hear people yelling cancel culture these days. Because to me, I guess I am more cynical and I look at it more of, the markets or the corporations' reaction, like Disney's a good example. They, if you've ever if you've ever seen Dumbo the cartoon, there are some hardcore racial stereotypes and brutal stuff actually in that movie. That when they made the remake recently, they took those parts completely out. The the crows, um, certain right. songs, they just completely removed them altogether, which kind of gives you a glimpse as to how these companies are run and and their perspective and. So do you think they they've seen the light and they no longer want to portray things stereotypically? They 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 exist to make money and and their decisions are based yeah. on that. And I know that sounds cynical, but that's what they're doing. Like they're the reason that they will cancel is because the sponsors aren't going to pay them anymore to or whatever. Like I, or people won't consume their product or they'll call yeah. them out. Exactly. Would it be more meaningful if they had created a documentary to have a conversation about what the problem is in Dumbo and um, leave it intact, but then build an education system, I don't know, um, DVDs or whatever, programming around why we no longer do that. Then I think that would be a different conversation than we're just doing it because it feels like that's the way the culture is going. But then cynically you could say not only are they selling that (laughs) DVD, now (laughs) they're also selling a documentary. (laughs) No, but it's interesting (laughs) because, okay, this this is going a little bit different, but Disney is an example. um, I don't don't really like all these remakes. I think they're not made for my my era anyway. But (laughs) when you watch Beauty and the Beast, which I saw part of, they're not afraid to sort of like fe- feminism will say um, empower Belle in that movie. There's a lot more about her um, teaching ki- kids to read. Like I, I feel like some issues they're actually going back and like strengthening and changing characterizations. Like I think as a way to sort of make a point again, I'm cynical. I think it's just to make money and to sell more dolls. But, but, but the issue with the crows, like that's completely not even mentioned. Like it's, com- it's just a race from their history. They don't have to struggle with, they don't have to have a right. conversation about it. They don't have to do anything. They can just pretend never existed, mm. um, and that makes me just yeah. Do just, you do you think that some people view that as 
taking away a piece of their tradition or their heritage or their upbringing and that's what the the fear is or the anger is based on like what's next um Mm -hmm. dr seuss now like what's next oh yeah the bible george or yeah like yeah i think so yeah i think so but i guess like would it be cancel culture if somebody's now saying hey because dr seuss wrote six books that included those things all of his work actually shouldn't exist in the common Mm. or current culture because some of them because some of them like does it ever get to that point or is there valid you is there a validity in that argument i i wonder i wonder if that's what they the publishing company was worried about was that that's what could have happened if they didn't self-edit and but your question is do i think that's i'm not asking if you think you should we shouldn't read no but I think Stole? that Saved? I think there needs to be room do? for for grace. I think I told you guys this. I watched the Michael Jackson documentary uh, like last year about those two men who were accusing him of lots of sexual assault and when they were kids, and it was a pretty harrowing documentary. And I remember after that, his music had a completely different headspace for me. Like I almost didn't want to listen to it anymore even though I used to love those songs and I think they're amazing mm-hmm. songs and, and he's very amazingly talented, but it's not quite the same as the Dr. Seuss books, but in a similar way, you could look at those six books and say, well, if you wrote this, the rest of them are tainted for me. Yeah. Chris, what do you think about that? Like, should, should Graham be able to, should we not listen to Michael Jackson? Yeah. I, I haven't, I thought about that when I saw Bill Cosby mm-hmm. on right, something. Another... It's like, man, I love that show, but is it even on anything anymore? And is that because of that scandal? Or is it okay to still get joy out of a show that I loved as a kid? Well, and the the power that, that the Cosby show had in representing black people on television mm-hmm. was transformative for many people. So now... Yeah. Like, does that no longer that have value because he yeah. was he did such horrible things? Mm-hmm. It speaks to where we're at in a world that is not perfect, right? There's yeah. pieces of it that suck and are hard, and parts of it that are good and redemptive and worth tuning into. And you can't have one without the other. Maybe that's I don't really know what culture cancel culture is, but I think what bugs me about things like wokeism anything there's that positive part of we're we're getting better and we're making better decisions we're portraying things more accurately we're including more people those are excellent things but to judge everything that's ever been created by the standards we have now it's impossible that so from now on let's judge it by that standard from the stuff that came before i don't know how we can well we spoke in the break there too about someone's ignorance is different than someone's um, lack of empathy, I guess. Mm, yeah. That if something is pointed out, you're the kind of person to think, well, I had no idea that that word made you feel that way. Mm. And so I'll, it's just a word. I cannot use it anymore. Or yeah. I've used this word my whole life. It's not offensive when I use it. I don't mean it like that, so I'm going to keep doing it. Yeah, those are two different things. Yeah. For sure, I think. Yeah. And I think that's the, and I, and, like you said, Chris, I'm not sure if I know what cancel culture really is either, but um, when I've had conversations where I'll share with the person I'm talking to that something they've said has been offends me or may offend, 
and their response is like Graham's talking about very like, Oh, I didn't know that. That's a minor thing for me to change. It's, it's, uh, but I've, so I've had that experience and that's an easy conversation. And it might and even I've, respect I've been on, the other, it respects someone else when you make that change. Yeah. And I've been on the other side where I've been corrected and, and told like the way I'm speaking can be offensive. And I try to, and probably not at a hundred percent success rate, but try to be, to have that same posture of, Oh, like that's a minor thing. I can change my language to mm-hmm. make people feel safe here. Or, um, can you guys think of an example in your lifetime where you've changed your language mm-hmm. as a response? Oh, well, we've talked about it on previous episodes with language I used as a teenager with my, my friends that now would get me canceled. <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> yeah, should I like, get the bleep ready from the <laughs> podcast here? Well, I can, here, get I'm ready. I'm going to say all the words that I've <laughs> eliminated from the I use them too. Yeah. And when I hear that, I don't use them anymore, but when I hear them now, I'm like, whoa, I can't believe a person said that. So like, yeah. when you look back, when did you stop using them? Why, why did you stop using them? Did someone have a conversation with you? I'm just curious. What, what? Yeah, just like a couple corrections, like whether that's parents or mm-hmm. an older friend or yeah university or for me it's been um hearing people's stories Mm -hmm. of pain and trauma um or walking alongside someone who's journeying the impact of those words and that has significantly shifted and that's i think building the empathy piece that you're talking about i think it's and that's what worries me sometimes even just with the words cancel and culture together like maybe we need to this needs to be called something different Mm -hmm. but that's what sends up flags for me it's when you even just talk about Michael Jackson well what shifted your thinking was learning a story and reading about something or watching the documentary like being informed Mm -hmm. and when we start canceling culture whatever that means that like that language worries me because we have to keep talking and we, and, and I think it's how we talk and it's how we relate if we position like you were talking Tyler about you know how do you see me right now or the calling in versus the calling out or mm. I love the language of redemption if we believe that God is redeeming all parts of creation well then why do we cancel something like the Cosby show and never watch it again instead of saying, yeah, that was a harmful story. He did some horrible things. Let's talk about that. But then let's look at the beauty that it created, how it empowered so many people and the good. And we, we talk about both sides rather than canceling things, whatever that means. Mm-hmm. Sounds good. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. Sounds good. Kathy, would you come back on the show? <laughs> when it's warmer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or you can be inside. One of the two. Well, um, on this particular podcast, we we confess something from the weeks before. And it seems like you're ready for that. Yeah. Or years. You have a whole lifetime you can draw from. <laughs> hey, you're calling me old? <laughs> no, no, no. So I have to confess now? Uh, we're going to do a little break. Okay. We have to have room for the new theme. Okay. Um, then after that, yeah. Okay. <laughs> new theme coming up.
new theme song just gets me just in the perfect mindset for confessing. And I had an idea, or I, I have a number of things to confess, but while I was listening to that beautiful jingle, I, this just came, came to mind. And it goes way back um, to, I think, many, many episodes ago, I talked about jujubes. And I can't remember the context, but I know I revealed my... You ate an entire bag. My addiction to yeah. jujubes and obsession with eating them. I, that was probably my favorite confession moment on the whole show. Okay, well, this is a part two. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, just earlier this week, uh, I went to... Well, I, I I went to go get a can of Coke. I had a craving to, to drink pop. I don't drink a lot of pop. So I told Krista, my wife, I'm going to go go out, just get a couple cans of Coke. I'll be right back. So I went like a two-minute drive to a gas station just to buy some Coke, bring it home. But I saw jujubes there. And like I said, it's a two-minute drive. So I, my plan was to get these jujubes and consume them on the drive home <laughs> and then dispose of the evidence. So it was already being a little bit deceptive, like um, where I didn't want Krista to know I was spending... 250 on like a little bag of jujubes and eating them in under two minutes but then they ended up being this is maybe karma or i don't know what this is but on the drive home i started eating the jujubes and they were so bad like they were the worst jujubes i've ever had so my er one of my earlier confessions was just eating gross amounts of jujubes and throwing them out the window i think these ones i i threw in the garbage and couldn't finish them couldn't like they were so bad so but i krista if you're listening i'm sorry i don't do that very often but <laughs> i'm not like never <laughs> but not never, once a day and that's every once in a while i just that just the flavor or the brand or what was the problem oh it was everything they were rock hard and then the taste was bad so can i i'm just trying to get a visual on you sort of sneaking around your car like do you put the bag sort of between your legs and sort of feast like with one hand on the mm-hmm. wheel, or do you put them in like the cup holder? Do both. You... I've done both. Okay. Passenger seat. The, the, do you hold the bag up and just sort of like spill it into your mouth <laughs> when you're trying to go quickly? Just... It has gotten a lot harder now that I drive uh, like a standard. <laughs> like my eating hand is, I have to like also take breaks sh- from eating. It's, yeah, it's also my shifting hand. So, but you're eating like these more than one at a time. Like it's yeah, two or three. Be, yeah. Yeah. Two to three on a two minute drive. All right. Well, my confession is also an eating confession. Yesterday, I came into the kitchen, and there was a crumb, an indeterminate crumb. <laughs> like, I, it was bigger than a crumb. Like, it was about the size of a, maybe a, a grain of rice. Would you call it a morsel? A morsel. Like, and it kind of looked chippish. So I, I ate it. But I have no longer idea how long it had been there, or what it was. And as soon as I put it in my mouth, I regretted it. Like, there was like a chemical... <laughs> Like, it did something. Like, I spit it out right away because I kind of chewed it, and it was like, like, if you burst something and it just kind of spreads in your mouth, it was like that. But it wasn't liquid. I don't know. So I don't know what this crumb was, but it was terrible. Like, food that it, like, we clean our kitchen regularly, so I don't know what it could have been. But I was kind of spitting it out into the garbage and not throwing up, but kind of, like, disgusted. And <laughs> Shanna asked what I was doing, and I said, well, I ate. I ate this thing. I didn't know what it was. <laughs> And she could just could not believe that I would have just have eaten something and thinks I have a problem. Like, what's worst case scenario? What could it have been? Toenail. Well, Ooh. oh, Ooh. sick. I like, I, no, I, like, it wasn't that. Like, But dirt? it looked like a piece of chip, so I don't... Yeah, I think you're justified. It looked like food. <laughs> you're George Costanza. <laughs> it looked like food. 
And it, yeah. it was food, but it was just not good food. So I could still kind of have that metallic chemical taste in my mouth. Ugh. I'm going to move on from that as fast as I can. <laughs> uh, mine isn't really, it's, it's more of a, like, embarrassing. I guess these can be kind of embarrassing things. Like, I didn't. So I was up late uh, this couple weeks ago trying to get the last podcast kind of also done. I wanted to kind of be up on my editing of the podcast and not wait so long. And um, I was making new music for it as well. Um, and I was getting really kind of nervous. I don't know why. It was just very late. And I was nervous about the music I was making for it, in particular the piano at the end of the thing. And I, you know when things are later, things like... Your, your mind perceives things as more important than they really are when it gets late. Like, things are a bigger deal. Like, you shouldn't make decisions when it's, like, 1 o'clock in the morning. You need to... Yeah. So I, I remember thinking, like, this is... I shouldn't put this piano in. Like, it's, what if they don't like it? And I was nervous, and I was mm. chewing my nails, which I don't really do much anymore. And I chewed them so hard that I, I bust... I, I took a... Whoa, yeah. Like a, a gap out of my front tooth that was filled in a couple of years ago. Listeners, uh, Graham just opened his mouth and revealed a yeah. chip in his tooth. And that was just nervousness trying to record silly music for the podcast. Uh, what? Yeah. It's embarrassing because it was not even a big deal. The next day I felt kind of like, what? who cares? <laughs> um, so I chewed. And the piano's great, by the way. Well, thank you. But Slightly the cheesy, point. but great. Yeah. Um, anyway, so I have a now a gap in my tooth again. i got to get it fixed again. <laughs> For, I think, the third time now. This has happened before. So, anyway. Not as bad as yours, Chris. All right. Oh, boy. Okay, well, mine is um, a confession because I, I think it was about a year ago, Chris and Graham recommended a show for me to watch called Tiger King. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I watched this show. You did? I watched... Like two episodes, because as I was watching it, my husband and I are like, hey, this has got to get better. I mean, Chris and Graham recommended this to me. It's got to get better. And then we kept watching. Okay, it's got to get better. I mean, Chris and Graham said it was really good. I had to watch it. So I kept watching it thinking this was going to get better. Watched an episode, and then I disparaged it quite greatly um, on our hangouts. And mm-hmm. then okay, I, I said, that. do I need to be having a special beverage with this in order to enjoy it? <laughs> that was recommended. So then I tried <laughs> another episode with support and <laughs> still kept thinking this has to get better. This has to get better. Hmm. And um, it didn't. Mm-hmm. And that like, you know, but the problem was, is I kind of like, got up on my high horse and bragged mm. about how, you know, how could you possibly have recommended such a horrible show to me? I remember this. Yeah. yeah. And um, I thought I was better than you, and I thought <laughs> um, I was smarter than you and had higher cultural I mean, taste than you. that is possible, but I don't think. <laughs> and um, so my confession is my favorite show to watch is Pillow Talk 90 Day Fiance. Really? Which, <laughs> which is high horse probably, has been yes. leveled. <laughs> high horse is now leveled. Um, it is my guilty pleasure, and I it, there's no culture in it. Mm. There's um, nothing really great about it, other than I like to sit back and and, and it has to be the pillow talk one because it's other former stars of Ninety Day Fiance who sit in their bedrooms. Are they considered stars? In my eyes, they are. Okay. And then they mock the people who are on the current oh, shows wow. along with me 
um, as I sit on my high horse, <laughs> mocking them as right. well. Oh boy, right. that's like double hmm. bad. Yeah, it's so double yeah. high. Well, I yeah. I'm sorry, I don't actually have any idea what that show is. I don't no. bother. <laughs> okay, it sounds great. Are you recommending it or no, are you? No, okay. this is confession, oh, not recommendation. Right. <laughs> it does sound really good. It's um, not, but okay. I think Tiger King was similar in that it was just oh yeah, it was a train wreck. Sense. Yeah. Didn't that come out right right when the pandemic hit? Yeah, and like almost down? probably a year exactly ago. Yeah. Yeah. Full circle. Well, thank you. What a great yeah, round thanks, of confessions. Guys. Yeah. That would pair nicely with a crumb you found <laughs> on your counter. <laughs> well, if you want to get in touch with the show, uh, you know how to do that. But we'll remind you. It's harmoniousgentleman at gmail.com. Send us a note, maybe an idea, a confession, recommendation, just a hello. We get a lot of them. We don't always respond to them, but we try. But when Chris responds, my goodness, he does a good job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, we did have an email from uh, that I haven't responded to yet uh, from Marcel. So shout out to Marcel for that. Yeah, hey, thanks, Marcel. Marcel. Yeah, um, I believe that we, um, a friend of ours, Tyler, uh, is a listener of the show. Got? Did you give him a sticker? Did we do that? Who? Bobby. Oh, I didn't. Oh, <laughs> come <laughs> but back. But we will. We'll give stickers to you if you. Ask He's in Edmonton. Would you drive up there to give you give him one? Hey, I said I would, so right. I will. Cool. Yeah, we're on Instagram and Twitter. And potentially Facebook. Yeah, and you'll notice that things are maybe a little busier lately mm-hmm. in the last yeah. two weeks. Picking up. This one this one will come out two weeks after the last one. We're going to go every two weeks. And what, two weeks into it, we're, we're doing good? <laughs> hey, we stuck to it for the first two weeks. Yeah. Okay, any closing thoughts, you guys? Shouldn't say you guys, should I? That's not really a inclusive term. Is you guys should okay? cancel that. I should. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I say that word as a teacher so often. I do too. Are you okay yeah. with being part of the guys? You bet. Sure. Nice. What would you prefer? I don't know. I've been wrestling with that actually as a teacher, mm. trying to because I say I say folks. Well, now. Folks is good. I, I hey, say folks. like you know if it's a particular grade, I'll call them a grade, but it doesn't yeah. always work because sometimes you have you know grades, elevens and twelves, yeah. friends. Yeah. Yeah, it's tricky. Well, send us your ideas. I will. At harmoniousgentleman@gmail.com. Chris, uh, send us yeah. home. Yeah, well, I think it's it's still worth having conversations with people, so keep doing that. And if you come to us to have a conversation and you're trying to rope us in, we'll know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. So thanks in advance. Yeah, thanks for listening. I, sorry, I've been quiet for a little while here. I just feel like I have to share that I still have half of that bag of juice juice <laughs> in my car. And you need it on you the way home. No, I don't. Okay, but, I say, that I, but, but I do have a bag. I did this. <laughs> I did a similar thing. A different where, day. <laughs> no, on the way here, I got gas, oh. and I, I bought a bag of jujubes, and it's waiting for me in the front seat. Of the car. Oh, but it's, they're gonna be frozen. Something now. to look forward yeah, to. That's a problem. All right, we won't tell Krista. <laughs> she doesn't listen to the end. <laughs> to the end. <laughs> <laughs> You're safe. Good night, folks. Harmonious gentleman.